Okay, good morning. This is RJ on the move. It's Sunday, July 23rd, coming at you this morning from the Tropicana Hotel here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Just my thoughts this morning. I was thinking about wokeism, where it came from, um, how our beliefs are defined and uh, formulated. And so I just wanted to read through what I, I wrote down this morning. So this is wokeism, belief, and wisdom. Yes, that's what I would call this. So here you go. One of the core principles of being woke is that your feelings matter more than the truth. It makes sense that the target of wokeism initially started with those groups and people who are more easily influenced by emotion rather than logic, evidence, and reason. And who are these folks? It stands to reason that women, blacks, and so-called Christians is where wokeism gained a foothold. The two foundational principles that are required for this woke deception to take root is an overemphasis on emotions and mysticism. From the very start of feminism and the women's movement, it was emotions that directed their voting habits. Culture is defined by women primarily because men will almost always do and follow what the women want. This is one of the main reasons why college campuses specifically targeted young, impressionable women who are away from the protection and guidance of their fathers at home. These vulnerable ladies were thrust into a new world filled with uncertainty and preying upon their insecurities were, quote, love-bombed by nefarious women who took them under their wing and manipulated them with socialist and woke propaganda. These young women who returned home for Thanksgiving break were virtually unrecognizable by their families back home. All the wisdom, teaching, influence, and parenting seem to have been undone in one short semester at university. The female desire to be loved and to fit in with the group, or the sisterhood as they say, was too much for these young women, and as a result, threw out all they had been taught since birth. One could argue that the blame lies squarely on the parents' shoulders, or more specifically the father's, but with the breakdown of the family and single mothers now raising these children, it was not that difficult to manipulate and turn these scared, insecure, and emotional young women toward the dark side of socialism and wokeism through love bombs and inclusion into their group. Also, parents were mostly caught sleeping. They had no idea what was going on at these college campuses. They erroneously believed that their children were receiving the same type of instruction that they had received 20 and 30 years earlier. But things are radically different on college campuses today as they are in the K-12 education system as well. Parents are starting to wake up, but the damage has been done. But although it may have started on the college campuses, it was the modern-day church that really gave the fertilizer and soil for wokeism to grow into the destructive weed it has become. Unscrupulous and weak theologians in seminaries began to manipulate the unsuspecting with Bible verses ripped from their context and intellectual high-minded thinking that was 180 degrees away from the meaning of what the biblical authors said in their writings. This is most widely seen by how and how often certain Bible verses were used. For example, when I was growing up in the 70s, the most popular quoted Bible verse was John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that who shall ever should believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
This verse was prominently displayed in virtually every football stadium, and banners could be seen hanging whenever a team kicked an extra point. But now that verse has been replaced with, Do not judge, so that you will not be judged, found in Matthew 7. Then, to make sure nobody thinks logically, the church then doubled down by using the verse in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, which states, But now faith, hope, and love abide in these three, but the greatest of these is love. Love is the greatest of all, they say, not recognizing that without truth, logic, evidence, and perspective, that kind of love is the worst kind of hatred. Then to make matters worse inside the church, mysticism has replaced logic, reason, and evidence for decision-making. People who, quote, heard a voice from God were revered and held in high esteem. These so-called messengers of God replaced the actual words of God found in the Bible. So let's unpack what has been going on in the church with three things. The first, do not judge. This means to stop all logical thinking and discernment. Two, love is the greatest. Love, whatever that means, or in their case, emotion is paramount. And three, listen for God's voice. Subjective voices in your head override the explicit words from God found in the Bible. Christianity, or more clearly, biblical Christianity, is unique from all other religions in at least two major ways. The first, Christianity in Judaism, is the only religion where God is seeking man. Every other religion is about man's search for God. But in Christianity, God has come down from heaven and revealed himself to us. The other major difference is that Christianity not, Christianity not only encourages but commands that you use wisdom, judgment, logic, and reason for understanding. The case is laid out clearly in the Bible, and the authors present evidence that you can understand and make judgments on. One specific example comes to mind after Jesus died and was resurrected. In John 20, 25, Thomas heard the testimony from the other disciples that Jesus was alive. Yet he refused to believe, quote, Unless I see his hands, the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. End quote. When Jesus appeared eight days later, in flesh and blood to Thomas, he did not chastise Thomas for wanting evidence. On the contrary, he held out his hands and asked Thomas to see for himself. Another example is Paul's testimony to Agrippa in Acts 26, or the entire, entire Gospel of Luke, when Luke spells out in detail the evidence to support his belief. None of these things were done in hiding or where no other people had access. In John 9, a, a man blind from birth received sight. The whole town knew about it, and even the religious leaders wanted to know how this great miracle happened when they questioned him. The point is that these examples were not hidden under a rock or revealed in a cave where no one else could see them. They were widely known among the people and everyone could see it. Jesus's death and resurrection was the same. In Luke 24, it describes how all of Jerusalem knew about his death. And when Jesus reappeared talking with two men on the road to Amos, 
They responded to him by saying, quote, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? End quote. The main point with these few examples, and there are many more you can read for yourself, is that Christianity is the only religion that not only not only provides evidence and testimony, but encourages and commands you to use that evidence and testimony to base your beliefs. According to wisdom, as well as scripture, understanding and truth are the pillars of faith and belief. However, the world system and fools use mysticism and nonsense to define faith and belief. How you choose to define what you believe will be the single biggest thing to determine how your life turns out, both here and in eternity. This is RJ on the Move, July 23rd. 2023, Las Vegas, Nevada.